Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we discuss film, TV, and all things Hollywood here on the show. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Devin, and we are here today to give our thoughts about the latest movie to hit theaters this past weekend, and that is Eternals. Not The Eternals. They dropped the the, because it's cleaner. Very clean. Very, very clean stuff. And before we begin today's show, you can listen to our podcast on platforms around the internet. If you're a new or seasoned listener to the show, we'd love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. Devin, how are you doing on this this fine Saturday morning? How are you doing? I'm doing swell. Had a nice late late movie last night. How late did you guys? Ten thirty five start time. Well, a ten thirty five start time, Devin. That's yeah. <laughs> it. Might as well. Oh my gosh, that's insane. And the movie's like for a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, I mean, you were technically there for three hours, depending on if you sat yeah. through all those, you know, thirty minute previews i tweeted about that the other day by the way i was like and through the end credits and through the end credit yeah so you were there for a good three hours at, at least did you guys watch uh, the 30 minute previews got there super i know matt's a very punctual person so. yeah we got there on time oh okay okay Devin had to sit through the previews yeah i tweeted about that the other day and one of my friends uh replied back he's like oh this is a hot take but i love the previews i'm like I can't say that's a hot take. I think it's just more of a standard opinion. I mean, I used to like the previews as well, but nowadays it's just so repetitive. I just want them to be over with. Yeah, it's because it's it would be different if they showed. I mean, it's much it's different for us, especially because, you know, we see yeah, we go so often. Yeah, like we go so often. And not only that, I mean, we see a lot of these trailers on youtube we see a lot of the trailers on twitter you know we're on twitter constantly me probably way too much than i should be on twitter but yeah we we go so often it's like okay let's get to it i'm I'm not gonna lie Devin. when i went to go see the harder they fall in theaters it was amazing start time one o'clock boom did not miss a beat like the lights went off and the movie started i'm like this is amazing it was fantastic cut out all the fat, tr- trim out all the fat, and let's get to, you know, the the goods. Because, whew, man, for that and when I went to go see, I saw Eternals uh, a few weeks early. Um, so I was able to kind of, it, it was just great. Like the start time, boom, it was there. So, it, and we got the end credit scenes, you know, despite everything that happened at Variety. Because that was, I was very afraid yeah. that we weren't going to get the end I, I thought that Marvel was going to pull the end credits out of all like early screenings for like critics and things of that nature. And they didn't. And I was like, okay. So looks like Variety didn't screw up yet. But we'll see. <laughs> but, Devin, are you ready to get into our Eternals review? Yes, Fastos. So we will be back with our eternal review right after this short break. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Eternals review and the story is as follows. The Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. This is directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao, and writers include Chloe Zhao as well as Patrick Burley and Ryan uh, Firope. I believe I'm saying his last name correctly, but it also stars uh, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, um, oh my gosh, uh, uh, Lord Snow, John Snow himself, 
is in this movie as well. So we get some some nice little uh, you know, some some nice little Jon Snow um action in there with Kit Harrington. So very excited to see him still back in the industry, still back in the business. I know he was going through a few um, you know, of his own personal problems. Uh, issues after uh, Game of Thrones, but we got two Game of Thrones actors in here. I'm very, very excited. So, I, I think I think I deserve myself a nice little uh, pat on the back there because I, I kind of went through that uh, that list there pretty nice. So I'm just gonna give myself a nice little uh, cheer. There. there we go. There we go. There we go. So um, for everyone out there listening, if you are new to the show, this is usually how we work. We usually do our non-spoilers first, and then we'll get into spoilers after. You hear this nice little bad boy. So uh, we're just going to get into our initial reactions of the film. It's been a long time coming for this one. I'm not going to lie. This it It's a weird year because we've we've gotten two Marvel movies already, but it doesn't feel that way at the same time. Um, it's very well. I I mean, Black Widow has been around for a while. You know, that one's was kind of pushing through a few dates and everything has been pushed back, but you know, Eternals stuck to its guns. We were afraid that, you know, Shang-Chi came out of the gate and did very well at the box office. Um, and it looks like with Eternals, uh, you know, they stuck to their guns as well. Um, a very divisive film. Uh, honestly, I haven't seen one this divisive probably since the last Jedi, uh, just off of what Ron Tomatoes is saying, which is, currently i believe last time it was at like a 53 last time i checked for oh my god so the tomato meter for critics right now is sitting at a 49 percent and for audiences is sitting at 84 percent which is crazy to think about these these are dc numbers what are we doing here i know man i'm like what is going on here like everyone's praising chloe Zhao for this nomadland movie you know like i i saw i i do appreciate like the cinematography and the direction but i did not care too much about the story myself um i thought francis mcdormand did a good job but personally I don't think it deserved to win Best Picture. I know, I know. There's a lot of people booing out there right now. See, see I, I disagree with you because, like, going into that movie, if you would have read the synopsis of Nomadland, I would have been like, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard of. But then I, <laughs> yeah. but then when I watch it, it's like, wow. Oh, you did watch it. Okay. This, I didn't know if you did. Yeah, or she, not. Actually, she actually made this interesting and, like, Oh yeah, I really liked it. it. It is an interesting story. It just wasn't my favorite of the year. Like I didn't think I didn't think it was like terrible. It just wasn't wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, especially with other movies that kind of stuck out to me just a little bit more. But you know, no no disrespect to Chloe Zhao for sure, one hundred percent. But um, I will say I was hyped up about this movie by a certain someone, but I will not name that person. So I'm going to turn it over here to Devin so he can give his initial reactions to Eternals. All right. Uh, right off the bat, I'm just going to say it. Dune, take some world-building notes. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. Hold, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll let you finish. Shots, shots fired there nah, immediately. No, 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 Because, no. <laughs> I mean, I care about, I know all of these characters now. Cannot say the same about Dune. I do not care about those characters. And I don't know most of them. After watching the entire movie, so you're telling me you know every ten, what's ten of them? Ten Eternals. Yes, you do easily. Name them off right yes. now. I'm just kidding. Makari, <laughs> Cersei, Fastos, Ajax. He, he's Fina. looking at his screen, ladies and gentlemen. So he, he's got that. I'm looking, at, <laughs> looking at the faces, not their names. It's different. Gilgamesh. Oh, my well, Gilgamesh is great. I will say, I see a lot of people out there that are trying to compare. Eternals to Dune, I personally can't compare them because you're it's to me, it's comparing a single contained story to what now is supposed to be a trilogy or suppose a trilogy. I, I hope it becomes a trilogy instead of a I don't, which, I don't think the Eternals is contained. Well, I mean, right. they're, they're definitely going to be coming back, but I mean, I, I, gonna, liked I think there's going to be an Eternals too at some point, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked both personally, but. I don't know, because, I mean, obviously, like, a lot of superhero movies have, like, a lot of sci-fi elements, but this was definitely more cosmic, more mystical, I guess you could say fantasy, 
in a way. Um, very, I mean, there's a lot of fantasy elements in Dune. I personally love them both. It's like a 1A, 1B type thing for me because I really did enjoy Eternals. I think, ooh, I, I think I would have to give the slight edge to Dune because I do, because I know where it is going and I love the the massive scope that and I'm I'm just excited from from my boy Denis Villeneuve, you know, tr- finally getting some recognition he deserves. Chloe Zhao has always been great, but it's it's more of like a one A one B type situation for me. But sorry, go ahead. But yeah, going in, obviously, I was very excited. We were all pumped because we got an Oscar award winning director directing and writing this movie, and it was it was an epic, like through and through. Definitely a long runtime. Definitely a lot of story to tell. A lot of characters to develop. I thought she did a pretty good job of like giving each of them their own moment and giving them enough background to where we at least have a bit of understanding as to what they are and what they do. Because it's very difficult to do 10 brand new characters. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That, like, that at least 10. There were, there were even more than that. Like, There's even more characters thrown in there. But I really liked it in the end. I mean, I had some issues for sure. I thought the beginning um, kind of did some time jumps back and forth that were a bit much as far as storytelling just kind of going back and forth between time periods kind of made a little 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 tough to watch um there were some characters i thought were underused some that i wasn't really a fan of but for the most part i i really just enjoyed it a lot i mean this cast is amazing i really love the deviants i thought that was a really cool take on like an alien type invasion creature Mm, yeah and they weren't like, like not only do they do they look different from most other aliens, but they look different from each other. Like they're they're unique from each other. Yeah, I really like that. They weren't like gray blobs. Kind yeah, of. they weren't like Shazam? like the Quiet Place, like <laughs> yeah. Stranger Th- Stranger Things. Like oh, they all look like Demogorgons. Like yeah, but there's no variant of the Demogorgons with with these deviants. They they seem to evolve and take different forms and shapes, which is actually really cool. Um, I I pretty much echo everything you were saying. Um, uh, I well, I've only seen it once, and I was supposed to go see it yesterday, but think some things uh, popped up. Um, but. From when I watched it, I will say the first time I watched it, I did feel the runtime a little bit, but there's a lot of non-linear storytelling in this movie. But I've always enjoyed that style of storytelling. I really like how, you know, they do kind of, you know, you, you have these these Eternals and, you know, the, it shows them pretty much falling in love with humanity, much like, you know, Superman and having that uh, that humanity side to them by living by you know living well living side by side with these um with with the humans and i mean i saw a lot i mean see it's weird because like a lot of critics were saying that like you know eternals is messy and you know there's too many characters but a lot of them really like confused by by a critic score i'm very confused by they're they're saying they're saying this is the worst mcu movie of all time no it is not that's what that's what the reviews say. That's what I know. 49, 49 is the lowest by far. Yeah. One like, of them. There, there's just, there's just no way. Yeah. W- one of them says a beautiful entry, uh, in the, M- in, in the MCU by Katina Woods. I mean, I follow her on Twitter. Then someone else says that the MCU reaches a theatrical low, low point with Eternals, an odd, uh, team up adventure that teases a franchise future, which might uh, be better suited for Disney streaming service. So a lot of people are saying that the Eternals should have been a TV show, which I don't, I mean, like it could be. I mean, I could definitely they can definitely take that route later on. I mean, this is just this, like an introduction. Scale is just so much though. Like it's so fit for a movie, a movie theater and a screen. It just doesn't like, make sense the, why because visuals. Yeah, it's like it just doesn't make sense as to why people are complaining about there's too many characters. I think, I think we should mention that it is like very different than every other Marvel movie. Like. Everyone, everyone complains about oh oh the Marvel formula is is too much. They do it every movie. This is like way off the beaten path for Marvel, and maybe that's why critics aren't connecting with it. I'm not sure. I mean, I really loved the direction they went with here, and it is very mature. I mean, we get our first, I believe, our first sex scene in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, which is very really crazy to think about. It's cr- it is crazy because it's like. I really don't know why it's um, it's kind of just 
I don't know. It's crazy because like you would think a movie as like with a scope so large and, and epic as this is would have the opposite scores. Like audiences you usually wouldn't think would connect with a movie like this. Yeah, I was but, thinking it was gonna be swapped. I thought that yeah, like credit I that, thought that, that, would that, made, that would made a lot of sense, but I would not have expected this ever. Yeah, it, it, it's so like this one. Someone was like trying to save the world shouldn't be so boring, but the Eternals is one uh, big giant yawn. It is easily the worst film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't understand what. Not at all. I, it is a very contained story. You know, they do make references here and have there. They, have they seen the first two Thor movies? I need to know because the Thor two is probably the most boring superhero movie ever made. Thor 2 was pretty boring. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I mean, honest, I mean, I can't even say Captain Marvel's the worst because it's it's definitely more on low tier for me, but it's definitely not yeah. the worst. Like, I don't know what people are talking about because when I went to go see it with, you know, all the critics here in Nashville, people loved it. You know, people are coming out talking about it. Um, some people, you know, I've, obviously everyone has issues with the, with, with their film, with the film from time to time, but it's like, it, there really is like the runtime's two hours and 37 minutes. You know, it has that action adventure fantasy type to it. You know, it is very, you know, going into the cosmos type thing. And one other thing I wanted to mention was just, I love that the, the stakes that this movie had, unlike a lot of superhero movies, there were actually some death and we can go into it later, but these characters were actually in danger, which you wouldn't expect since they are these grand, amazing Eternals, but they uh they were in danger the whole time and I like that aspect. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do agree. Um it is very um it, it it brings like that kind of that mortality to these uh to these cosmic, you know, eternal beings, you know, no pun intended, but you know, we, we find out so much from this, and you know, we'll definitely get into spoilers here in a second, but um we we just find out so much within this universe and what within just this story itself because you know we haven't heard or seen from these characters you know this is the what 28th installment 26 movie installment yeah cuz yeah with with the series i think it bumps it up to around 30 um so the 26th installment and of course like for good reason and you know they kind of uh, ask those questions that we've been asking, you know, where have these characters been all this time? And, you know, why weren't they helping when, you know, Thanos was, you know, around and like, you know, like the trailer says, they were instructed not to, you know, involve in human, in any human conflict, unless the deviants were involved. But as of right now, I do feel like we're getting more into spoiler territory. So that is your first spoiler forced first spoiler warning for the Eternals again that is your second spoiler warning for Eternals so if you haven't seen it definitely go check it out in theaters come back and listen to the rest of the show so as I was saying before you know we the the, the big twist you know these these Eternals hence the, their name is very fitting they have been around for ages and 7,000 years 7,000 freaking years which is insane and you know we we find out that there is a sentient being living at you know in the core of uh in earth's core i guess you could say and you celestial. know celestial yeah this oh sorry yeah not the sentient the celestial my bad and you know the, this emergence is beginning and i guess the the energy to bring everyone back was like enough energy for the emergence to begin, which is really interesting, but I don't know. I just, I really, I, I liked, I thought the story was very easy and simple to follow. Um, but it was, it's, it was just very like heartfelt, very mature. Like this is something that you would probably see more so that you would probably see more so out of like a DC film, but I'm really glad that like Chloe Zhao kind of, you know, it's really marking like her stamp within the, uh, the MCU with this. It really does stand out. So it's oh yeah, it's crazy, crazy stuff. But and of course, it's not it's not like a hundred percent serious. Like obviously, there's mm. still the classic MCU jokes placed here and there. Mostly, Kamel Nanjiani is King Go. So funny, Love so much. The jokes in this movie. His his, va his valet. I did not <laughs> expect that. He's been. He's like. Oh my gosh, what was it? He said that. Um, once he found out that uh, Kamel was uh, an eternal, like 
He's like worth from literally his entire life. He's like what fifty years old or something like that. Like, I love that they don't keep it a secret too. It's just yeah. like oh, we don't care. We'll just tell anybody. I, I really like how nowadays we're kind of getting away from the whole superhero identity thing, unless it is like a huge, huge part of that character's um, you know background. Obviously, with Spider Man, you would you would understand as to why you know he wants to keep his identity a secret because he literally wears a mask. Same thing with Batman, but Superman, I don't really know about Superman because that, that whole thing has always been weird to me. It was like, Oh, you know, he puts on the glasses and he's Clark Kent and he takes them off and Oh, he's an entirely different person. And nobody knows who this man is. It's like, it's just very, very strange. But it's funny that you bring up uh, Superman because he is canon in the MCU now. Yeah, and, and Batman. <laughs> I love how they put that in there. Like That joke threw me completely off guard. I forgot exactly what they said, but they're like, it was something about capes. And they're like, oh, like uh, Batman and Superman. And then I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And of course, uh, you know, there are two uh, spoiler, well, not two spoiler, but two post credit scenes or well, mid credit. I guess you could call it mid credit and the post credit. I usually just say yeah, post credit. They're both, both very exciting and should not have been spoiled. Uh, especially they, the, the last one, one. One of them was. Yeah. Well, it was that, that one. That didn't get spoiled, I don't believe, but the, the big one definitely did. With uh, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, see, okay. I need to go back. I mean, I mean, we're we're in spoiler territory now, so we can just say Harry Styles is now in the MCU. I I know I keep beating around the bush, or it's like, oh, should we talk about it? I don't know, but yeah, uh, uh, Variety really just messed that up for everyone. I can't bringing a whole a whole another fan base into the MCU. Yeah, and it's I mean they so they brought um, Harry Styles in, and he I I forgot what character he plays. I'm assuming you. <laughs> Went oh, on yeah. I, got, I got all I got all the information. Yeah. All right, lay it on me. <laughs> he is playing Star Fox, not that Star Fox, but different Star Fox. That's right. And he is the brother of Thanos, which is kind of crazy to think about. But um, yeah, he's he's also an Eternal himself. He went out and found the our Eternals and met up with them. But yeah, from what I've seen, he's more of a good guy than Thanos. Obviously, I would hope. <laughs> but yeah, Thanos, Thanos in the comics is half eternal, half deviant. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting backstory there. But it's kind of sad just thinking about that because obviously Thanos is, is gone now. So, like, I don't know how much they can explore his deviant and um, eternalness now that he's gone. But I guess they could always do flashbacks. Yeah, I guess so. Because now, yeah, like you said, Thanos is dead. And um, so is, well, a version of Gamora is dead, <laughs> but has been replaced with another version of Gamora. So I really don't know how all that's kind of, um, you know, kind of work out. And I believe Nebula is also still alive. Yeah. Cause she's yeah. with, um, God, who she end up with the guardians Nebula. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's been forever since I've watched Endgame, So I, I, I do apologize, but yeah, that that's really interesting. So yeah, when I saw the uh, the CGI, it was the bunny, I think it was. I don't know what that was. That or was like a, a hobbit. I don't know what the heck that was. That, that's that's one of the only times at MCU I'm like, that's bad CGI. That was weird. That, that It looked very waxy, kind of like a garden yeah. gnome type thing. I was like, what's going on That, here? that one might have been rushed in there. For but, sure. Yeah, that, that was actually voiced by Pat Oswalt. Really? Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, of course, you know, with, with that post-credit scene and then we have the final one with uh the black knight my man John. this is where it gets even more interesting yeah because i i love how him and uh you know cersei like that whole love triangle between um oh my gosh what would richard what was richard madden's character icarus. icarus that's right um you know they, they i really like how they they had that whole love triangle type thing because obviously you had um i keep saying john snow excuse me kid harrington's character aka that becomes the black knight and he has his own family issues and he hasn't really necessarily been honest with cersei either and you know, i i really like because there's always this it's not really a cinematic parallel but within game of thrones richard madden's character who is um 
uh, well, he is uh, a, a Stark of Winterfell, which is uh, Lord Stark, played by um, oh my gosh, I'm I'm blanking on so many people's names right now. Anyway, and Game of Thrones, as you know, we have uh, Jon Snow, and then we have Richard Madden's character um, of oh my god, I'm blanking on his name right now, and I'm so so sorry. Um, Rob Stark. There we go. Wow. Sorry, guys. Brain fart. Rob Stark, Jon Snow. Obviously, they are brothers or half brothers in, in, the, um, in, in Game of Thrones. And they only really share, like, the last scene that they share together, Rob Stark says to Jon Snow, the next time I see you, you'll be in black. And now we get them both in the Eternals. And Kit Harrington is now is going to become the Black Knight, which is awesome. So I do apologize. It brain farts happen all the time, and it's it's semi early here in the morning. But that, that's that's all very exciting. But did you hear the voice at the end? Uh, I heard the voice, but I don't know who that was. Oh boy, that's where it gets spicy. Oh man, Devin's coming in with all the facts. Conf- been confirmed by Chloe Zhao. Oh, and by um, Kit Harrington himself. The voice at the end is Mahershala Ali Blade. <gasps> really? Because because oh. he is he's got the mystical like like the uh, spiritual side of the MCU unlock. He was like, "Are you sure you're ready for that, Mister Whitman?" Oh my gosh, that's gonna be awesome. He's actually going to be in one of his um uh I think Mahershala he's in a new uh Apple TV uh movie coming up. Yeah. I believe. I think it's like it's one of his first like actual like lead roles. So, but oh, so Blade. Oh man. Okay, that that. So um, yeah, Blade, <laughs> the Blade movie will be coming out within the next year or two, and uh, pretty much guarantee it will be seeing Black Knight in there. That's gonna be awesome. Like I'm, I'm so excited for like the future. Like I think the Eternals really did set up for so much. I mean, even though like with the final battle, like it was like Icarus. And we we have we just have so much going on between them actually finding out the truth that you know they they've essentially had their their memories wiped you know throughout time and um, you kind of see the effects of Angelina Jolie's character Thena drop the A I I've, I've, I just, I think the cast was great just overall like it was a lot of characters but like I mean even with Dune and this like I felt like I was able to keep up with both. But like that's just because I guess I, I'm more so of you know tailoring my interest towards stories with a bigger cast because there are a lot more people. I mean, there's a crap ton of people in Harry Potter, and it's like you know no one really complains about that. You know they keep piling on more and more characters. But I mean even within the first like two movies, like there's a lot to learn. I think Eternals much like. Um, they did with Hunger Games, you know, they have the title card in the beginning kind of to explain to people who don't know about the Eternals, because a lot of people don't know about the Eternals in general. And I think they did a really good job. And but it's like I also saw people complaining like, oh, you know, if you have to, like, you know, explain all this, like through text during the beginning to set up the story, then it's not doing a good job. And I'm like, I was you able ever to see Star Wars. Yeah. Have you seen Star Wars? I mean. Like I said, again, with Hunger Games, so many others prior to it. It's like, I mean, God forbid, you know, you have to read text during a Marvel I mean, movie. I mean, Eternals, nobody nobody knows. The, it's like when Guardians came out, nobody knows who they are. Like, you have to explain what these characters are and what they do and what's happening in their world. Yeah, it's all about exposition within the first movie. So it's like, I, I thought they did a great job. And like I said, the jokes were just so hilarious. Like even with uh, Ty- uh, Ryan Tyree Henry, I thought I thought his character was fantastic. He was hilarious, of course, with Kim the Architect. Then, yeah, I thought it was just I, it was, and that's that's one of the smaller issues I had. I mean, obviously, it, it could be a little biased just because I love um, Camila Nanjiani, Ryan Tyree Henry so much, but I thought their characters were definitely underused, mm-hmm. especially yeah. since we don't we don't even see Fasto still halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Right so who, who, who and, then, and then and then Kumail and then um Kingo just kind of sits out the final battle, which I was kind of disappointed in. Yeah, it's like it's like his it's like he knows his power isn't good enough because it is a, kind of a weak power. But I feel like they could have given him something more. 
instead of just finger guns. Yeah, yeah, because it, it really seems like here, you know, each Eternal has like a specific ability. You know, it's not that they they all share these. It's it's kind of like you know the X Men. You know, yeah, I, has, I like how they make it like everyone's distinct, and you can tell their powers apart easily. Yeah, it, it is. It is very. Uh, I I I liked it. Um, so I guess who, who what like who are some of the Eternals that really stood out to you? Like, but I mean, obviously besides uh, Kamel and Brian Tyree Henry, because I really liked. Um, I like Pixie. I mean, everyone loves, you know, Athena. Like, she honestly, dude, when I was seeing her fight, I was like, I kind of enjoy, I, within one movie, I think I enjoy Athena more than Wonder Woman. Like, one of, she was, um, oh, she was kicking ass. I, I didn't like Athena. No, what? No, I thought she was just kind of there. I mean, she really? I just feel like she kind of, like, wasn't into it. It was, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed her presence, you know, just her being this, you know, warrior goddess, what type have you. But I, I think, man, they're all very interesting in their own way. I mean, I really like Druig. I thought he was a really interesting, like, kind of, I liked his power, edgy type, like, and like, study on what would happen if you could have mind control. Yeah. And like, the fact that his accent too was it like, scottish or irish probably. yes or maybe he's from wales i'm not sure i've seen that actor before but i'm not sure he's a really good actor yeah he really really is Druig. very um, keogan yeah he, um he might be but okay i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so for sprite not pixie sorry for sprite i couldn't stop wondering this she looks like the sister of dylan and cole sprouse like one like when I see her face, I thought of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, one hundred percent. Like when they were young, I didn't, I didn't see it. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna do a side by side, and be like <laughs> cinematic parallels, because she. I, definitely I do think her character is very interesting, though. It's a very tragic character, just being living as an eternal and never aging and being trapped in that body, but you're a child the whole time. It's very restrictive on what you can actually do in, in the world. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. She, she really had a lot of different um, struggles. I think it, um, that was played by uh, Leah McHugh. Um, yeah. yeah. So birthplace, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There, there you go. There we go. I knew I knew she was Yenzer. one of my favorites. He's a Yenzer. There we go. And apparently uh she was also in The Lodge. Um that was not a movie that I've seen, but and she was in The House a House on the Bayou. I'm not sure if you saw that. Oh, she will be in a, a movie called A House on um on the Bayou. It's supposed to come out sometime this year and she was also in a movie called Totem. Did you see that? Nope. Okay, just wanted to make sure. And then TV. First she, time I'm seeing her. Yeah. And then she was in a um, series called Into the Dark in 2019. So she's, she's you know, starting off, but she definitely has a lot of um, a lot of good um, stuff in, in the works, definitely. So, But as, but as far as the other journals go, mm-hmm. like I said, I wasn't a big fan of Thema. And I also really wasn't a big fan of Icarus. I thought he was just kind of a Superman type. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was definitely. I, I did, I did like, the, I did like the initial twist because mm. everyone always talks about, oh, what if Superman went evil? Like that's just a classic trope. Yeah, and it's I funny actually, that the MCU does it first. It's kind of funny. Yeah, well, tech. Yeah, I guess you could say within within the DC cinematic or the extended universe, whatever. I'm just gonna say cinematic universe. Um, they haven't really touched on the oh, what if Superman was evil? I mean, they've shown like little glimpses from here to there, but. um there was that one movie, what was it, Brightburn? I guess, you know, yeah. there's that. Um, I actually just watched the the new Injustice uh, DC animated movie, which pretty much does the same thing. It's 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 the Injustice storyline where Superman becomes evil, you know, after the, the death of Lois Lane and all this other stuff happens. So, but yeah, I, I thought that was very, um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, another Eternal, I probably, just out of the weeds, it was... Um, I think her name is Lauren Ridloff. McCarty. Um, yeah, McCarty. And then, of course, Ajak. She was really awesome, which I think is BS, by the way, because people kept saying that, oh, they couldn't understand her accent. And I'm like, okay, 
for uh for uh Samala. crystal clear yeah crystal and, and like it really bugs me because it, it bugs me because people are just hearing but they're not listening to what she's saying they just hear her accent and they tune it out and they're like oh and i and i i'd definitely guess going in that she was gonna die pretty quickly because she was not in the trailers very much no she was i was wondering how was you know her character going to um play a part in all this but i really like how she was the one who knew everything that was going on ajak or ajak ajak i guess you could say ajak ajak and of course you know with richard madden with icarus um him being the strongest out of all of them but then you have you know ajak who's very more so of the leader you know she 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 uh, replies to the uh celestials and I really liked Makari, the, the way they showed off her, her speed ability. I think, um, I think it looked cooler than than DC Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I mean, any any Flash. We, we don't need yeah, a slow I mean, motion Flash. She was Flash just... and Ezra Miller just, just does not get it done for me. And I thought this was a really cool way of showing yeah. what super speed could look like on screen. Yeah, I mean, it's apparently she's in the um well she will be in the Walking Dead um for um for Lauren Redloff who plays she's from Chicago. Nice. Um who plays Just like where Fastos lives. Yeah, 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 which is actually pretty cool. I know she came out with a statement uh hoping that like more theaters like it would be more of the norm for to have like subtitles um for theaters so you know to each her own in that one uh it really just depends i mean i'm I'm all for subtitles uh, i definitely think it should be an option for theaters to have specific uh um you know theaters or i guess yeah showings for um for those throughout um i think like devin even said uh usually i'll put subtitles on for video games but not for uh for movies unless obviously it is a foreign film but or, or unless, you know, the accents are just super thick. Because sometimes you get, like, some British shows where the accents are very thick. And it's either you kind of just have to, you know, work through it or turn on the subtitles. But, I don't know. L- let us know if you uh, you know, if you prefer to watch uh, movies or consume media with the subtitles below. Because sometimes I do get it. Because when I was watching Tenet, I was like, what are they saying right now? They were very muffled. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. It's actually how it was for me with Dune, too. Really? Oh, okay. There was one scene when Paul was in the tent and he was starting to have those visions. That is one scene where I had to turn on subtitles. Um, but yeah, a lot of these movies, it's, I don't know if it was, I kind of was like that for the Lord of the Rings growing up because I felt like the audio was so not low, but they were, they weren't speaking. They weren't like, they were enunciating, but they weren't projecting their voice as much as they can, but it's not like they can, you know, yell into the camera, <laughs> but yeah. But was there anything else you wanted to uh, bring up here before we, I guess we'll just get into scores here. And- what, what did you think of Cersei ended up ending up being like the, the, um, the prime maternal is what they called it. Yeah. Cause she took over Ajax. I, I thought Gemma Chan, uh, uh, Gemma Chan did a fantastic yeah, I job. I like how they, they had her in Captain Marvel and they're like, Oh, you're, you're too good. We need to use you again. Yeah. Come on back. Oh, that's right. She was in Captain Marvel. I totally forgot about yeah, that. She was a weird alien. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, they, they've done that before with a few, uh, actors, um, through and through, but I, I think she's very much found her place within the MCU um, with Cersei. I, I thought she was a very, you know, obviously she like, yeah, like you said, she was like the prime eternal. Um, you could say, you know, Richard Madden was like the strongest, but she was the one that it, it was weird. Cause it was like a power balance thing where, you know, a lot of the Eternals after, you know, finding each other, they flocked to um, Icarus because he was the strongest, but you know, like with, like boss. Yeah, and that, but you know, uh, with Cersei, she became the prime eternal after Ajax um, passed. So it's very, and she, doesn't, and she doesn't even recognize her full power. Yeah, and it's a very interesting power dynamic. I really like the uh, the final boss when, when she turned that deviant into a tree. I was like, oh, yeah, hello. yeah. That that was that was awesome. Like that was fantastic, and I I like how there wasn't like a a traditional final boss. I mean the it was stopping the emergence, but Icarus kind of became 
the final boss in a way. But uh, we never saw his body, even though we flew into the sun. Because Icarus does. Boy, dead. No, he's not. He's an eternal. Yeah. He's not going to die because he flies into the fire. Did we see a body? Did we see a body? I don't know. That, that's why that's why how it always is. It? It's like an end of Squid Game. You know, did did the uh, the undercover cop? Did he survive? We don't know. We didn't see a body. What did, What did you think about the the ultimate ending where um where Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo get kidnapped? Basically. That was awesome, dude. I was not expecting that. Like he was like, "I will, I will be back to judge the humans." Like he, they came out of like just nowhere, snatched them Pra-praise up. Praise Erishem, I think his name was. Yeah, they came in, snatched them up. I was like, "Oh, this is getting really, really good." Like. People are crazy. I don't know why. Like, it's fine not to like a movie. And, you know, a, a film is subjective. Yada, you need yada, to have yada. perspective because critics are putting this below any other MCU movie. And that is insanity. Like, literally any no other. Way. The, vi- the visuals alone were incredible. Yes. The it, deviants looked amazing. The ship looked amazing. It's, the powers looked cool. Like, everything was just so well done. It's crazy because people are very just... You know, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it, I, I, I just don't understand it. Like, what, like, okay, like me looking at, like, out of all, like, you're saying this is the worst out of all Marvel movies. There's no yeah. way. There is absolutely no way. It, it, I am lost for words, honestly. I mean, usually, usually we're on the side of the critics because, I mean, we're yeah. kind of like amateurs, but that's, no. that's what we do. But, this is this is just weird. I don't understand. I can't see what they're seeing. I mean, it's 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 in my top ten. I mean, it's creep. It's it's creeping up there. Like this is probably one of my favorite Marvel movies we've had. I mean, Shang Chi was fantastic, but in terms of you know this just being something different, and you know shooting on location and just the story itself, I it's. It, I, it's probably going to, it might end up being in my top five towards the end of the year, depending, you know, we still have Spider-Man No Way Home to get through. I, I feel like that's going to be my number one, but I, I really don't know. But right now it's sitting at number nine, but I, I really enjoyed, oh man, I, I might have to bump this up to like my six or seven spot because like I really did enjoy it. Like, oh my gosh, I just, it was so, it was just so different. And, you know, I mean, I, and it's not, you know, like there's nothing wrong with shaking up the Marvel formula from time. I mean, to time. And maybe that maybe that's why critics are enjoying it as much because every other Marvel movie gets decent scores because they, there's a certain type of experience that people expect when they see an MCU movie. Yeah, you but call it's, it a, a formula, but but it doesn't make it's any like. Yeah, sorry, they I tried something different. They tried something different here, and it's like I don't understand why they aren't receiving it well. It doesn't make any sense because everyone was like dragging Black Widow through the mud. Like, oh, like, well, you know, it doesn't shake up the Marvel formula. Like every single movie, every single Marvel movie that I hear from people, they keep complaining about how, oh, this doesn't redefine the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm like, well, why does it? Why does every Marvel movie need to redefine the Marvel formula? This is the definition of re- of re- de- redefining the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And like even with Shang Chi, I thought that did a really good job of straying away. But I think Eternals did an even better job. But it's like critics complain that the Marvel, you know, MCU is is too formulaic. You know, they don't really stray away. And then when they do it, and then it's like, oh, this is terrible. This is not like any other Marvel movie out there. And I'm like, didn't you guys have been complaining for years? Not every critic, but there's critics out there that have been complaining for years about how Marvel doesn't do anything different. They're too afraid to take risks. This was a risk, 100%. And I really, and I would have to say good on Disney for not taking out the LGBTQ scenes in certain markets because yes. they, they're just unlike not playing them. I mean, unlike Star Wars, I should say. Yeah. Uh, well, and like, like they, they had said, they said, you know, they're, they're working towards it. And I think, you know, for people within that community, you know, they, they definitely deserve, you know, some some credit and some representation for sure. Deaf, the deaf community as well. Yes, yes, yes. Deaf, uh, yeah, especially. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But, yeah, it's it's just so crazy. I don't understand how people are just like, oh, well, 
you know, like they, it's it's weird because critics love to like drag Marvel movies through the mud, and then he's like, okay, you know, Kevin Feige's like, you know, we're gonna do something different and see how this pans out, and then people would drag it through the mud, and it's like I I just I don't understand it, and it's like I'm sorry if you didn't follow along what was going on here, it was clear as day, it was not a hard story. There was a lot of time jumping like Devin said I know people do have issues with that and that's fine you know I, I think I think it's just a bit of doing it sequentially instead of going back and forth in the beginning yeah I mean I, like, I, I understand like why it, they have to go back in mm. time to show more con um more of the character development but I think this should have been done in order do you think this would have been better received as a series I just don't think it could, could have had the same scope yeah. if it was a series yeah I I thought they did a pretty good job of you know introducing everyone and yeah I mean I I loved it like it's it's creeping up it, I mean I don't know if it'll be in my top five maybe but it's sitting at number nine right now after another what's, what's your score looking like right now I have it on Letterbox as a four and a half I mean four but I think after talking about it with you I'm I'm bumping <laughs> I might have to bump this up to four four and a half like at least. Like it was like, I mean, it was sitting at a four for a while cause I really liked it, but you know, talking it over with you, it, it really kind of just like got me hot. Like I want to see it again. I'm like, wow, like it, it really is something special. What about you? Yeah. I think I'm sitting at like an 86 right now. Just really solid. I had had a few, a few little issues. Like I said, with, with underused characters in the beginning that the jumping back and forth was a bit much, but other than that, I mean, just a really cool story. Yeah, like a very, uh, a very grounded story for a bunch of mystical cosmic beings, because you know they've been lived this waiting for instructions from you know the uh, celestials and the uh, it's you know it's like all right, well, what else am I going to do with my time? And <laughs> it's like I so let's go live a thousand different lifetimes over, you know. Try, try something new every time, but it is crazy. Rest, rest, rest in peace, Gil. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace. But it really sucks that they had to like essentially keep moving around like every so often, especially with Sprite, because it's like obviously her age is going to start showing. <laughs> hey, everyone except except uh, <coughs> Kingo. Just his grand his granddad and his great granddad were also <laughs> Bollywood stars. I love it how he keeps that going. <laughs> that is the funniest thing he's in got, the world. He's got the perfect life. He does. Like, honestly, like, within entertainment, it's like, oh, you know, it's just a family full of, you know, actors and act just entertainers. Like, we're, it's just what they do. He was like, no, no, no. This is my great-grandfather. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I definitely got to see this again. But I got to watch Spencer first. So, yeah, that pretty much concludes our review of Eternals here on the Film Optics Podcast. Let us know what you guys thought about it. You know, tweet us at uh, Film Optics. Again, that's Optics with an X. Or, you know, send us a, a message through Film Optics. Or you can actually just send us an email at our email address because we have one and I never plug it. So this is my first time plugging it. You can email us your thoughts in long form at filmoptics.com at gmail.com again that is optics with an x so Devin, what's coming up here on the podcast we have a lot well yeah we we, we have a lot <laughs> we thought we were done with october we we've we've officially gone through october we're, we're very happy about that but we also have our harry potter and the order of phoenix review as we continue our 20 years of magic celebration that will be dropping on November 11th, and then uh, we're going to be reviewing Cowboy Bebop, the live action. So we're definitely going to be uh, powering through that and getting that out for you guys um, as soon as possible. We're not sure if it's going to be on Embargo Day, which I believe is November 12th, or if, if we're just going to drop it on the day of. Um, Devin is far along than I am. I thought I was going to beat him, but it looks like he's been chipping away so i have some catching up it's good to time it is I'm, I'm glad you know you're enjoying it so far i'm only two episodes in but it's only 10 episodes so far so only eight more to go not too bad but um it helps that it's possibly the, the least weave anime ever made have you seen the original it's still western no 
but okay. Well, I, I do just, I do employ you to watch I do employ you to watch the original after you've watched the action because it yeah it's it's that space cowboy one it's it's just so great it's easily top in my top five anime like of all time like the original this is it's just so great only twenty six episodes it's like I mean with it what twenty two within twenty four minute time period you kind of just power through them and it's honestly the best the best way to watch anime is to binge one hundred percent like. I, I, I would have to agree with for, for anime 100%. Um, so other than that, those are the two things we definitely know that we're doing. Um, we're still trying to figure out whether we're, um, are we going to do the heart of they fall? Yeah. I got to watch that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I got to rewatch that too. Cause it's actually been a few weeks since I've seen it. And Spencer, I don't know. Is that playing by you at all? I think so. Hmm. We, we might have to you know so definitely keep a lookout for our harry potter and the order of the phoenix review like i said dropping november 11th and then our cowboy bebop uh live action review um release date tba as of right now um it'll either be the 12th of november or the 19th so if it's not there on the 12th you know it's coming on the 19th um and we're going to try to get out uh a uh, the heart of they fall review and possibly a spencer review for you guys as well you know like we said we try to cover more than just the 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 the, you know the the nerd stuff that you know we're all used to like obviously like superhero movies and uh cowboy bebop anime stuff harry potter all all the pop culture stuff you know we got to get you know the harder they fall great great western and then of course spencer we we got we got to get the the um the awards the, the the award specter you know in in there those those films the ones that are gonna turn the academy's heads and say oh this movie so definitely keep a lookout for that uh we'll probably be doing updates on our um twitter page over on film optics again that's optics with an x so i'm gonna shut up now and we're gonna get out of here and we hope you guys have a wonderful week since this is dropping on a monday you know mondays can be hard it can be tough I hope everyone is adjusting to the time um, as of this recording. It hasn't happened yet, but by the time you're listening to this, you'll be getting that one hour of extra sleep, which is oh, oh, so nice. But I think we definitely need to uh, figure out which, which, uh, you know, which time zone thing we're going to be doing here, hopefully within the future. But we will see you guys in the next one. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Excelsior.